0: Bomb Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Happy Sunday, Victory Family. Happy Sunday. There you go. Uh, it's nice to see your beautiful faces or I would say your eyes. Uh, but go ahead and give us smile to the person beside you. And to the, for the people joining us online, uh, it's nice to see all of you as well. We hope to see you on site one of these days. If you don't know me, my name is Bodhi. I'm one of the pastors here in Victory. And today, it's my privilege to be closing our series entitled Life Together. Can you say that with me? Life Together. In this three-week series, we are talking about biblical principles that we can apply to the relationships that I would say have been hit most by this pandemic. Uh, the relationships between husband and wife. The relationship between children and parents. And today we are going to talk about the relationship uh, outside the home, but kind of in the home still because of work from home setup, the relationship between employers and employees. I'm sure that you would agree with me that COVID-19 has really changed the landscape of our workplace, you know. Uh, We had to adjust to a lot of things and we are still continuing to adjust even up to this time. Some of the problems and the challenges that we have encountered are pay cuts, I won't ask for a raise of hands of who got pay cuts. Uh, Retrenchment and reorganization. And that was difficult not only for the people who got cut, but I'm sure that you would agree with me if you were ones who stayed in the company. It was difficult as well because we had to somehow carry a heavier workload. Part of that is reorganization. People being put into certain tasks or assignments with lack of experience because of what happened because of the pandemic. Work from home setup. We had to set up mechanisms to be able to somehow monitor working hours, and the employers had to think of ways of how to make the employees productive with limited resources at home, and uh, I hear this all the time with problematic internet. And another challenge that we had to somehow overcome and are still learning to overcome is the communication gaps that happen when we do our virtual meetings via Zoom. Have you experienced talking to someone, thinking that they were there, but then You didn't know that they weren't in the call anymore. So there are a lot of information that, you know, get dropped. Uh, There's a lot of meeting notes that aren't taken note of because of the difficult connection. All these challenges and even more have somehow created an uh, ambiguous and sometimes confusing work setup. And we all have to battle with it, not just individually, but as teams, as companies. And, you know, Uh, Those challenges have somehow created tension and strains in our relationships professionally, specifically in the area of employers and employees. Now, as believers, how are we going to respond to these challenges? To the employees, how do we submit to our employers who can sometimes be demanding and inconsiderate? To the employers... How can you motivate your employees who are going through personal struggles as well to be more productive? We need them to be more productive at this time. How do we respond to these challenges? Our response will actually be determined by what our boss values. Again, is it character? Is it sales? Is it relationships? But before you answer that question, I'm going to ask you who's your boss? Again, who's your boss? I know him. You're probably thinking, really? You know my boss? Yes, I know him. And I assure you that whatever you are facing, whatever the situation is, your boss would want you to respond in Christ likeness, honoring each other, valuing relationships, and ultimately glorifying him. If you still can't catch up, let me tell you God is our ultimate boss. Again, God is our ultimate boss, whether you are a CEO, a VP, team leader, freelance graphic artist, actor, actress, lawyer, dentist, doctor, teacher, grab driver, politician, fast food server, whatever your job is, we are all working for God. I hope we all understand that we are all working for God. And today, we will be looking at the handbook He gave us to guide us on how to have Better professional relationships still honoring Him during this unprecedented times. For the people here, I'd like to request you to stand up as we open our Bibles and give reverence to the Word of God. We will be reading from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. I'll be reading from the ESV version. It says here, Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for your word that continues to guide us in every area. We even thank you for our jobs, for our businesses. We thank you for the people we are working with. We thank you for our bosses. And I pray that as we begin to understand more about your love, that we would be able to honor each other, respect each other, and above everything else, that we would be able to honor you in all of our relationships, today specifically in our professional relationships. Holy Spirit, be the one to touch our hearts. Be the one to transform our minds and help us to apply in our lives what we will learn today. Be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may now take your seats. Let me ask everyone again, who is your boss? Again, who is your boss? God. God is our ultimate boss. And He is above all of the affairs of this world. He is above even our companies. And if we want everything to turn out well for us, the secret is to submit every area of our lives to His Lordship. Our time, our finances, and our relationships. You know, when we talk about relationships, our relationships should reflect the love of God, which was shown through Christ Jesus, who submitted Himself to the point of death in order to save us. That kind of submission, that kind of love should be shown, reflected in our relationships. And this part of Paul's letter is all about submission. Submission to God and submission to his appointed authority. Wives to husbands, children to parents, employees to employers. Paul was exhorting the believers to be the example for the people around them when it comes to relationships. A lot of people ask, Bodhi, but what if the authority figure isn't honorable, isn't respectable? Should I still submit to him or to her? As we have learned from Pastor A's past two preachings, even if that is the case, we are still to submit to the person of authority knowing that it is God who placed them there. And as we submit to them, we know that we are submitting to God. But Paul doesn't leave it at that. Through his writings, we see that submission— It's actually two-way. The people with authority are also to treat the people under them with respect, with care, with fairness, with equality. I hope that was the case all of the time, right? But unfortunately, it's something that we cannot expect all of the time, especially if our bosses are non-believers. That is why Paul is exhorting the masters, the employers, to model for the people around them what biblical leadership is all about so that they too may learn it and so that they too may experience the love and the leadership of Jesus Christ through the way we live our lives. Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesian church during the reign of the Roman Empire. And during their time, slavery was widely accepted. I think about 60 million of the population were slaves. So that accounts for one-third or one-half of the population. The Romans, being the world's superpower at that time, really embraced the lifestyle of luxury, of comfort. They were living the life, enjoying their riches, living the Instagram life, not wanting to work, you know. That's why they hired slaves to be the ones to take care of all their affairs. Yes, all their affairs. You might probably be thinking, Are slaves equipped to do that? Are they capable? When I say the word slave, what picture comes to your mind? What type of person do you think of when I say slave? If we're being honest, most of us think of slaves as people who are poor, people who are uneducated, people who are homeless. Yes, that's true. There were those types of slaves during the Roman Empire, but... You know, they were the ones hired to be miners, to be farmers. But there were also slaves who were educated. Managers, administrators, craftsmen, doctors, teachers. They worked as slaves as well. If you remember uh, in the Old Testament, Joseph actually worked as a slave for Potiphar, but he was like the CEO of his house. He was handling many slaves, a managerial position. So you see, When it comes to slaves, again, they weren't only just the poor and uneducated people. Even people who were educated could be slaves during those times. Now, we will ask, how did those people end up being slaves? Well, there were a number of ways. One, they were captured during a war and they were forced to work as slaves under a master's home. Another possibility is that they were born into slavery. They had parents who were slaves of a certain family. There were also people who were sold off by their families, given as slaves to pay off a certain debt. Some slaves were criminals, and that was the punishment for them. Probably they they were sent to the more evil masters and, you know, doing more difficult work. But surprisingly, there were also slaves who signed up for it. People who sold themselves off as slaves. Who among you here think that's a good idea? Who among you here would sell yourself off as a slave? You know, with our idea of slavery, uh, it's something that we would not sign up for. But, you know, the Roman slavery structure, if implemented correctly, actually works for both the employer and the employee. You would wonder, why would people sign up to be slaves? Well, some of them wanted jobs that were only open to slaves, to climb the corporate ladder. Some of them sold themselves off as slaves because they wanted to enjoy the benefits of a certain master. You know, just like the employee benefits that we have. They wanted food, lodging, medical insurance. If you remember the centurion, he even went to Jesus for his slave. Um, Medical insurance and some people wanted it as a layer of protection for all the evil in the world out there. So that's why they signed up to be slaves. It was like signing up to work for a company. That's why as Paul talks about what to do in our relationship as masters and slaves, it can also be applicable to us who are employers, who are employees in this day and age. But before we go to Paul's advice to employees and employers, which, by the way, I love, it's so straightforward, it's so practical, it's so clear. All we have to do is to just put our faith in God and to do it. But why did Paul have to talk about this to the people in Ephesus? You see, during that time, a lot of the slaves were believing in Jesus Christ. They were starting to become part of the church. And just as the gospel was spreading among the slaves, some of the masters starting to believe, started to believe in Jesus as well. So what they'd do, they'd attend the, the, the synagogue, they'd go to the temple together, they'd worship God. And when they went there, it was taught that all of us, as we are here in church today, there are no social classes. All of us in the sight of God are equal. Brothers and sisters, so we are to treat each other as equals. We are to respect each other. That was okay. But when they went back to the homes, that's when they started asking the questions. For the slaves, do I still submit to my master, knowing that we are actually equal in the sight of God, that I have already been set free? And for the masters, do I still order my slave around? Do I still give him orders and instructions? Will he still submit to me, knowing that we are equal? Now, Paul clarifies that we are not to destroy the structure. Actually, structures work for us. Imagine if everyone were leaders and no one were following. It would create a chaotic society. So Paul was saying, you know, it's not really the most ideal setup, masters and slaves. But with the current structure, he was teaching them how to honor God in the position that they were in. How we could still continue to honor God with our area of work. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. How do we honor God in our professional relationships? Again, I told you, it's pretty straightforward, practical. All we have to do is apply it. First, Paul says, employees, obey your earthly masters. Again, employees, what did Paul say? Obey your earthly masters. That's what we are expected to do in the worldly sense and in the biblical sense. When slaves entered the homes of their masters, When we sign a contract with our company, or for the freelancers out there, when you accept a project from a certain client, we have a job description from our employers that we are to comply with. Now, when we talk about the word obey, used by Paul, it is actually a military word which means to follow orders. And when we talk about believers obeying our masters, Paul doesn't mean, you know, just finishing a checklist and saying, Hey, I'm done with my work here. Give me my payment. I don't care about you. I'm done. It's not like that. Paul asks us to obey, not just giving the output that is expected of us, but to obey with the right heart, to obey with a higher standard. Paul encourages the slaves or the employees to obey their masters, their employers with respect, to obey with sincerity, to obey with integrity, to obey with enthusiasm. Again, employees are called to obey their earthly masters with respect. Paul says in verse 5, Obey with fear and trembling. What does this mean? Does it mean, oh, I need to follow my boss because he's literally going to kill me? Who among you would want to go to the office feeling that? That's not what Paul says. To obey with fear and trembling means to give proper reverence and respect to our to the God-ordained authorities, and ultimately to our ultimate boss, who is God. We are to talk to them politely. We are to respectfully listen to them. We are to honor them with the way we speak, not just in front of them, but also when they're not around. We are to do what they ask us to do because that's what we signed up for. That's our job. That's what God asks us to do. Now, even if, The person in authority isn't worthy of respect because of his character. We still give him the respect that the position deserves because it was God who placed him there. And we know that as we submit to our employers, to our bosses, to our supervisors, it is a reflection of us submitting to God. Our submission to our earthly masters reflect how much we trust God and His ways. If we're saying, oh, I don't want to submit to this, it's like you're saying, God, you know, the order of things that you have set, it's not right. We need to set it right. Again, it is very clear. Obey your earthly masters with respect. I'm sure that all of us have experienced being abused by our supervisors one way or the other. I'm not talking about church. I love my boss. Thank you, Pastor Ariel, for being awesome. Um, You know, but I experienced being under a superior who constantly shouted at me, who humiliated me in front of my colleagues. And you know, every time that happened, there was a war that was happening inside of me. It's very hurtful. Imagine someone shouting at you and I tell you for no apparent reason. I was doing my job properly. I was respecting him, but I don't know what spirit was in him. For some reason, he just loved, you know, he just loved humiliating me. And you know, again, there was a war in my heart I wanted to fight back. I wanted to dishonor him as well because in my mind, I was thinking he deserves it. He's asking for it. But every time that, you know, I would form the words that I would want to say, that was my pre-discipled self, so I would not share with you the words that were forming in my mind. Um, but, you know, every time that those words were forming, the Holy Spirit would remind me of this verse from 1 Peter chapter 2, Verse 23. It says here, when he was reviled, talking about Jesus, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. The Holy Spirit was reminding me, don't fight back. Just keep quiet. Continue to respect your superior and trust in God's defense. I don't know if God already told that to you as you are experiencing you know, abuse from your superior. But I would tell you, it's not the easiest commandment to follow. I would find myself really, you know, driving home, crying to the Lord and saying, Lord, this is so unfair. You know, I'm taller than that guy. I could do what I want. You know, and my voice is louder than him. I just, Lord, one time lang. But, you know, the Lord would remind me, trust in my defense. And, you know, I would say, Lord, this is so unfair. So unfair. I don't understand why you're asking me to do this. But you know, still I chose to honor him even if I did not understand because I trusted God. I trusted him not only for provision, I trusted him for protection and for defense. And I know that he would not, you know, he would not let the guilty go unpunished. So in his time, the abusive superior was eventually exposed. I'm not celebrating here. You know, you know when, that's what happens when you abuse the authority that you have. God has his way of, you know, God has his way of disciplining you. And, you know, he was eventually exposed. And I found out that the way I responded to the situation, all glory to God and his Holy Spirit who empowered me and continued to guide me, the way I responded to the situation actually served as a testimony to the people around me. They were inspired. They were saying, you know, I I want to have that kind of self-discipline. I want to have that kind of faith. And looking back now, I was praying, Lord, change the heart of my superior. If your superior is abusive, you know, instead of praying that God would take them, pray that God would change their hearts. That's how us believers respond. Some of you are laughing. I know it's not easy to do, but that is what God calls us to do. And you know, just the same way, as, he call, as we are praying that God would change their hearts, God is doing something in our hearts as well. Looking back now, I see that, that He allowed me to experience that because He was molding me to become more Christ-like to die to myself, to serve other people so that he may be seen in my life and not my emotions. Again, when we talk about what we do, we would want Jesus to shine through, not our emotions, not our pride. So again, we obey our masters with respect. Now, if you're going through that struggle right now and you're asking me, Bodhi, should I quit? Who among you are thinking about that? Don't raise your hands. Um, I don't have a straight answer for you. All I can say is that we are called to do God's will for our lives. So you seek Him. If God asks you to leave, then by all means, find another job. But if He asks you to stay, it is because He wants you to use you for His greater purposes in your company. He wants you to be the light there. He wants you to respond correctly so that others may experience His love. And as He asks you to stay, let me tell you that He will give you the grace to get through the challenges and to glorify Him. So don't give up. When we talk about doing God's will, it's not about what's easy. It's not about what's comfortable. It's all about what He wants us to do so that He may be glorified. It can be challenging, but again, His grace is sufficient. We can do all things because He will strengthen us. And you know, if you're really having a super hard time and you feel like you're experiencing injustice, let us remember the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus was all-powerful as the Roman soldiers were bullying him, as the Pharisees were, you know, taking their knack at him, we all know he could have, you know, fought back. He had the power to, you know, with just the snap of a finger, they would disappear. But even with all that power, he held back because he wanted to do the will of God. And as he did the will of God, the door was opened for us to receive salvation. And you know, ultimately, God was glorified in his life. And I pray that it would be the same for our lives. No matter what challenge that we are facing, as we respond correctly, that more people would see Jesus Christ, that we can point more people to them so that they too may experience his love and salvation. Employees are called to obey earthly masters with respect and also with sincerity. There would be times that we would think, I know better than my superior. And I tell you, just between us, there are times that that is true. You know, have you experienced having a superior that you had more experience than? Or sometimes they would ask you to do things that you don't understand. That doesn't make sense for you. You know, during the time of Paul, they had it worse. The slaves were not, they didn't really need to know the why. Just the what. Masters were like, you don't understand why I'm asking you to do that. You don't need to understand. Just do it. I want it done by the end of the day. Stop asking questions. That was during the time of Paul. I don't know if your bosses are still like that. Maybe they're Romans. But, you know, right now we are blessed to be living in a time where we can express ourselves freely at work. And, you know, if you have an idea, if you have a great insight that you believe would be helpful for the team, for the company, feel free to share it during the meetings. Don't hold it in. Share it during the meetings, but do it respectfully. And, you know, at the end of the day, when your boss or your superior makes that decision and it goes against your suggestion, don't take it personally. Again, don't take it personally. Just respect his decision, submit to the decision, and run with it as if you were the one who made the decision. Because at the end of the day, we are called to do not our will, but the will of God. And his will is for us to obey our superiors. We shouldn't go, fine, whatever, I'll do it your way, whatever, but I'm telling you, you will fail. We don't do it like that. We shouldn't talk about our bosses against their backs and about the decisions that they made. You know, I I have a better idea than that. I don't know. Maybe he's so prideful. That's why he didn't want to run with it. But he knows it's better. We shouldn't do that. If we are going to obey, let's obey with sincere hearts. Remember, everything that we do is worship to God. Even the things that we do in the office. Now, let me ask you. Do you think that if you provide excellent output to your boss, but you have so much hatred and grudges in your heart, do you think that is acceptable worship? I don't think so. So let us protect ourselves from that. Let us make sure that everything that we do is pleasing worship to God. So even if our boss goes against our suggestion, again, we will obey him because that is our accountability. The accountability of how the project comes turns out, that will be with our superior. That will be with our boss. But our accountability is for us to just follow his directions. God desires both. You know, God desires both outward obedience, and inward submission. Our bosses might just look at our output, but let's remember that our ultimate boss is God, and He will always look at the status of our hearts. Now you may ask, but Bodhi, what if there's a better way to do things than what my boss suggested? My question is, why are you resisting to obey Him? Is it because He's asking you to break one of God's commandments? Or is it because you want to prove that your way is better? if He's asking you to break one of God's commandments, by all means, that is the only exception. Don't obey. Don't obey because our ultimate boss is still the one that we will follow. But if your boss is asking you to do something that will not cause you to sin, even if you don't think it's a good idea because you think yours is better, we are bound uh, by God's commandment to follow them, to honor them, to respect them, and again with sincere hearts. Alam niyo, obedience labas sa ilong, na. Not like that. Okay, I will obey because this is what my boss says. And as I obey him, I am obeying God as well. Set aside our pride and let us continue to humble ourselves. After all, we're not called to do what we think or what we feel is right. Again, we're not called to do what we think or what we feel is right, but to do what God says is right. Employees are called to obey our earthly masters with respect, with sincerity, and with integrity. What is integrity? Integrity means doing what is expected of us excellently, whether someone is watching or not. And this is so important, especially now with the work-from-home setup. Let me ask you, for, for the hours that we are paid for, how do we use it? When we're at home, when no one is watching, are we really doing work? Or are we using the work hours to watch Netflix, to play video games, to hang out with our friends, or worse, to do other jobs that we get paid for too. Let us use our time wisely. Let us obey with integrity. Ephesians 6.6 in the NLT version says, try to please them, our masters, all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. As believers, we are called to be excellent, To do what is expected of us with or without supervision, with or without CCTV, with or without screenshot monitoring. Because we know that we are working not for man. We are working for our ultimate boss in heaven. Our heart is to please him and we know that he sees us anytime, anywhere. Again, I ask, are we productive during the work hours that we are compensated for? Let me ask you, what happens if you finish your tasks for the week a little too early, like on a Wednesday? What do we do for the rest of the days? Do we use it just to lounge around and do other stuff? Or knowing that we are compensated for that work hours? You know, do we do things related to work still, even if it weren't asked of us? As believers, we are to be the most excellent, the model employees. We are the most punctual. We are the most, you know, uh, when it comes to deliverables, we, they can count on us. And, you know, we go the extra mile because we know that this is an act of worship for God. Now, if you finish your tasks on a Wednesday, why not do something that will be productive for the company during your work hours? Like, say, helping out your colleagues who have a lot of workload or learn new skills that would benefit the team for future projects or probably find ways to make our processes a little more efficient. As we adapt to the new normal. As believers, let's always give more than what is expected of us. Knowing that we are representing God in everything that we do in our workplace. Hindi ay I pray that they would say, oh, this guy is so excellent. The Spirit of God is truly in him. And that being said, employees are called to obey earthly masters with enthusiasm. and everything that's given to us, we always give our 101%. 200% knowing that we are doing it for the Lord. I know that when we give our 100%, there's a tendency for us to see how our bosses would respond. Have you ever experienced giving your all, pulling up all-nighters, working overtime, and then when the output was given, no acknowledgement whatsoever? You were ignored. And worse, you were passed up on for awards and for promotions. That can be very disheartening, right? Right? And we might say, oh, I won't work hard anymore. After all, my boss doesn't notice me whether I work or not. Why would I give my all? Again, let's remember who our ultimate boss is. Who is your boss? God. That is why we work for him, not for man. If man doesn't see, doesn't appreciate what we're doing, let's remember that nothing slips the eye of our God. He sees the hard work. He sees the passion He sees the desire to be excellent. He sees those acts of worship. So even if your bosses appreciate you or they ignore you, continue to give your all, knowing that we are working for God. In Ephesians 6.8, it says here in the NLT version, remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. You might think, "I I will never get a promotion because my boss hates me. Promotions, ultimately come from God. And if it is His will, no one in the company, no matter how how hard they try to pull you down, will be able to stop it. Again, God is the one who gives promotions. And you know, when we talk about promotions, of course, there's a certain level where promotions can be corporate in nature. But to be honest, and I'm totally not hypocritical about this, I think the best promotions are when it comes to our character. Remember that he is not just working on your resume, but ultimately he is working on us becoming more Christ-like. So even if you are abused, if you are ignored, continue to work from him, for him and know that you know, as he sees the effort that you put in and as he sees the status of your heart in his perfect time, he will be the one to reward you. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. Imagine he was promised that you know, his brothers were going to bow down and that he was going to be in a leadership position, but he waited for years. He, you know, he was put in a prison. He was put as a slave in a home of his master. He was accused. But all throughout those years, he just responded correctly. And as he did, God was able to build up his character. And when the right time came, everything was quickened. Imagine from prisoner to the second most powerful man in the world. God can do that for each and every one of us. So do not be disheartened when you think that nothing is happening as we honor him He will honor our faith as well. Let's remember employees, all of us here. And to be honest, I'm also talking about the employers because in the eyes of God, we are all employees. We are all working for him, our ultimate boss. So this applies to all the employers as well. Employees are called to obey earthly masters with respect, with sincerity, with integrity, and with enthusiasm, knowing that they are working for Christ. We are working for the Lord. And again, just as employees are called to do this, if you happen to be business owners, can I see a raise of hands here? Business owners, we will be watching you. I'm kidding. If you're business owners, this applies to you as well. Employers are called to treat their employees with respect, with sincerity, with integrity, and with enthusiasm, knowing that they are working for Christ. Ephesians 6 9, in the message version, it says, You know, Paul adds something for the masters because to whom much is given, much is expected. So know that a lot of people would want to be masters, leaders. Know that we have accountability to God when it comes to this position as well. Masters, it's the same with you. No abuse, please, and no threats. You and your servants are both under the same master in heaven. He makes no distinction between you and them. Let us not make the mistake of the masters during Paul's time they thought they owned the life of their servants. Reminds me of a movie I watched a couple of years back. saw na maulit muli, Agamulak was being abused by his boss in a foreign land. And he said, Binabayaran mo lang yung serbisyo ko, pero hindi mo binilay yung pagkatao ko. Wow. Dami dami relate to. Oh. Grabe naman yung hugot nyo. But you know, that's true. That's true. When, when you have employees under your care, yes, you pay for their services, but you do not own their lives. No abuse, physical or verbal. Not because you pay for their food and you know, you think you pay for the tuition of their kids. You have the right to belittle them. You have the right to degrade them with your words. Do not do that. Some of you might say, you know, uh, Bodhi, you don't understand. This is the only language that my people understand. Cursing and shouting. That's the only way they respond. If I talk to them nicely, they will abuse me. I think you don't understand. Again, let's remember, who is our boss? God. That's why we do things the way he wants us to do things. Our boss values output and productivity, that's true, but he also values relationships and individuals. And this is a good reminder, not just for the business owners, but even for us who sometimes hire people temporarily for services. When we talk about Grab or Lala Move drivers, talk, talk. When we talk about the helpers that we have at home, do we treat them with respect? Do we treat them with dignity? You know, let us remember that in the corporate hierarchy, we might think that they are lower than us, but in the eyes of God, we are all equal. So let's remember to treat them with respect. That doesn't mean that we won't reprimand them if they do something wrong. Ano yun? Equal mabait ako. You know, part of our responsibility as supervisors, as masters, is making sure that our subordinates are able to fulfill God's will in their lives. So if they are not delivering, it's okay to call them out. It's okay to reprimand them. But let us do it through the proper channels. Let us do it the right way. Through memos, you know, uh, talking to them one-on-one, making sure that we build them up, that we don't tear them down. Because as, as people who are assigned to shepherd people or to lead people, it should be our heart to help them realize their giftings, to help them realize their callings, and with the best of our ability to help them fulfill their calling and to glorify God. So, you know, by all means, if they're not going to work, talk to them, sit them down, give them warnings, proper warnings, not threats, But proper warnings, you know, go back to what you signed. This is what we agreed upon and I hope that you would follow it or else we would have a problem with our situation. Employers, do not abuse your employees by overworking them. During the time of Paul, servants were looked at as animals. The only difference was that they could speak. So I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase, That's how they would work their people. They would not think of rest You know, as believers, I pray that we would think of the rest of the people who are working with us. Let's give them a day off as commanded by God in the Bible. Let's watch after their welfare. Do not abuse them by paying them less than what they deserve. Compensate them properly. I would say as believers, a little more than minimum wage because we would want to be a blessing. Pay for overtime when it's needed. And give them proper benefits. Let us take care of them. Let us be good masters, the way our master in heaven is good to us. And again, Paul reminds us: no threats. Do not lord your authority over those who are working for you. Do not use your power to blackmail them to get what you want. <laughs> you ordered them to check the ID of the people, but when it's you, baglila, dikunagaguinyan. You know, or probably. Uh, you you command them to do things so that you would get their loyalty instead of other people. No threats. If you don't do this, I'll fire you. Right on the spot. If you don't do that, I won't give you your uh, I won't give you your salary. If you don't do this, I won't give you uh, a good recommendation if you apply. I will blacklist you. I will tell my friends about you, and you won't be able to apply to any other company. Let's treat our employees with love and with care and compassion as we would want God to treat us as his employees. Golden rule, Matthew seven twelve. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Employee or employer, we are called to respect one another and to submit to each other according to our God-given positions, knowing that as we do, we are submitting to God. In Colossians 3, 23-24, 20, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Who among you here were excited to worship a while ago? To stand up, to clap your hands, to give praise to God? Worship is not only done through song. So I pray that every time we would go to work, we would be excited Lord today I will worship you. Lord today I will honor my boss. Lord today whatever stress that we will go through I will continue to put my complete trust in you so that people may see you in my life. May you be glorified to everything that I will do today. There are days that when it comes to worship in song it's not the most easiest it's not the easiest thing to do there are times that we don't feel like it but we do it because we know that God deserves the worship. Same thing when it comes to our jobs. We prayed for this. Lord, give me a job. And now that we are here, I pray that we will be good stewards of it as well. That we would not think only of our output, that we would not think of it outside our relationship with God, but we would see it as part of our relationship. As an overflow, we worship, we obey, we submit, whatever the situation is. Let me ask you again, who's your boss? God is our boss. Let us do everything according to His word, regardless of the situation, and trust that all things will work together for our good as we fulfill His purposes. We might think that there are better and easier ways to do things, but let's remember we are not called to do our will, but we are called to do His will, even as Jesus did. And let's remember, you know, every day let's reflect. Are your professional relationships under His Lordship? Your relationship with your boss? Your relationship with the people you're overseeing? Your relationship with your colleagues? Do the things that come out of our mouth and do the things that we do glorify God? I pray that they do. Does it reflect the love of God to the people around us? Are we glorifying God in our workplace? Do they see that there is something different in us? Do they see our acts of worship? Are they inspired to have the same faith and discipline that we have? If you're having a hard time, I tell you the Holy Spirit will be the one to empower you. All you have to do is ask. As I said a while ago, our relationships. What is the purpose of relationships? To reflect the love of God. And this love was ultimately shown when Jesus Christ submitted himself to the will of the Father to the point of death so that we may be saved. So I pray that we would submit as well to our earthly masters so that God will be glorified in our lives. Philippians 2, 4-7 says, Let each one of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. It was a difficult call. Probably you're thinking right now, it's difficult to do what God is asking me to do. Jesus even said, Lord, that is come past for me, but not as I will, but as you will. I pray that as we go to the office, as we, you know, have our relationships, whether husband, wife, children, parents, employers, employees, that the love of Jesus and His submission would be seen in our lives. Let us follow His example. Jesus is our Master who humbled Himself, who made Himself a servant, died as a servant so that we may be saved. And I pray that that would be the same in our lives. As we die to our pride, as we die to our will, as we die to ourselves, and as we obey God, May we point more people to him and may more people experience his salvation and his care. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for that wonderful reminder. And as you have called us to submit to our, not only to the people who are in authority, but you know, submitting, respecting the people around us in our lives. Thank you that you have modeled it perfectly for us. And thank you that you didn't just model it for us. But today, you are inviting us to be empowered by you to do all of these things. I lift up to you each and every employee. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for the companies that we are working with. We thank you for our bosses, whatever character that they have. We thank you because they are somehow a source, a channel of your blessing financially. And sometimes we even learn wisdom from them. To those employees, O Lord God, who have been abused by their employers, I pray that you continue to strengthen them and I pray, Lord God, that you give them faith to still follow your commandments, knowing that they are doing this not for their bosses, not for people, not for money, but ultimately they are doing it as an act of worship to you. Strengthen them, empower them, and I lift up to you their employers. Lord, as we respond correctly to our masters, may they see you in us. May a change happen in their hearts. May you touch them. And I pray that you open the door of opportunity for us to be able to share your love to them not only with our actions, but also with our lips. Thank you that you will change them. Thank you that you will bless them. We speak salvation to come upon them. And Lord, I lift up to you all the employers as well here in this place and those watching. Thank you for the privilege to lead people. But I pray that as we do that, that our minds won't be puffed up, that we would not think that we own people. But Lord, as you give us a higher responsibility, I pray that all the more we would depend on you. Be the one to give us wisdom. Be the one to give us the right heart. Be the one to give us the patience. Be the one to give us vision to see people not just as who they are right now, but you know as who they could be when they depend on you. I even pray that you give the employers here the heart not only to train their people when it comes to skills, but also to train them in the ways of your word. Thank you that as believers rise up in the workplace, whatever position they are in, that you would be the one to transform the structures. You would be the tra- the one to transform the way we relate with each other and you will be the one to transform lives as we continue to follow you. Once again, we thank you. Continue to bless us in every way and we worship you. Thank you once again for you are our master but you showed us how to do things by serving us first and by putting us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.